Good morning. I know some of you are probably a little shocked expecting to see Jason this morning, but I'm very thankful to have the opportunity this morning to share a little bit of God's Word with you. And I just want to take a moment to thank the elders this morning um, for not only allowing me to do this, but having the faith in me to do this and uh, for your prayers. And basically for everybody, I, you know, this week has been amazing. I love this church. I love this church family. And this is why. Um, word had kind of leaked out that I was going to be preaching this morning, and I know there were some emails and such. And the response that I've gotten this week has been absolutely overwhelming um, from the prayers, the texts, the emails. I just, I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate it. You guys have really given me the, the courage and the strength to come up here this morning, and I'm just so thankful for the church family here. We're just so blessed to be a part of this congregation, Lizzie and I, and we're just so thankful for all of you. And I have to thank my cheering section, of course. I've got my in-laws and some of my great friends here this morning that have come out to support me, so I'm just so excited to, to have the opportunity to be up here this morning. So when I was preparing for my lesson, I had about a week or so to prepare a lesson for this morning when, uh, when Jason had called and said he wasn't going to be here this weekend, and I couldn't decide what I was going to talk about. Those of you that know me, talking isn't the issue, but coming up with a meaningful subject was the issue that I was struggling with. And I decided this morning that we would talk about praising God through the storms of life. Because I'm just going to be real transparent, that's something that I struggle with. I do a great job of praising God when things are going well, when things are good at work, when things are good at home, when things are good with my kids. I do a great job of praising God. But it's when times get tough is when we struggle with praising God. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that struggles with that. But it's when things happen that we don't understand, when people that we care about get sick, when we lose our job, when we lose our house, when things are not going well with our kids, whatever the case may be, we don't always understand and we tend to question, why is this happening? Why is God doing this to me? How do I get past this? What do I do? So what I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about this morning is how do we remember to praise God not only when times are great, but when times get tough as well? That is, if I can turn the pointer on. Maybe. Perfect. Thanks, Derek. So we know that in John chapter 16, verse 33, here on earth you will have many trials, you'll have many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We know that as Christians, we're not promised an easy life. We're not promised that everything is going to go smoothly all the time. Wouldn't that be great if it was? But unfortunately, that's not the way it works, and that's not the way life works. So I want to share a story with you this morning that I think really drives home this point of praising God in the storm. Um, I love baseball. I've always loved baseball since I was a little kid. I love to play baseball. As you know, when you get a little bit older, you don't play baseball anymore. You start playing softball. So I play softball. I love softball. We got a team together at my work at AAA. We have a softball team. And... We were playing a game one night, and our pitcher got hit in the eye with a line drive. It's probably the hardest line drive I've ever seen in a softball game in my entire life, and I've been playing ball my whole life. And he got hit directly in the eye with a line drive. And I'm not going to get too graphic, but I didn't know this was possible, but apparently if you get hit in the eye hard enough, you can actually do damage to the eye that is unrepairable. So my friend Mo lost his eye that night on the softball field. And I witnessed the whole thing. It was a very impactful moment to see this man's life change. The next day, as a team, we went to the hospital to see Mo. 
And for those of you that know me, me and hospitals don't really get along real well anyway. I get really nervous when I go to hospitals, and I don't know why, and it's very irrational, but I do. I don't like hospitals. And I was very apprehensive about going to the hospital that day. So we went to the hospital, and I didn't really know what to expect. This man's life had just changed permanently. He was now going to be blind in one eye, and he was facing multiple reconstructive surgeries on his eye just to, have, to be you know, somewhat normal looking and not be disfigured. And when we walked into that hospital room, I was blown away. I said, Mo, how you doing? And he said, I'm praising God. And that really hit me like a freight train. Here, this man whose life had just changed forever, who was facing multiple surgeries, and the first thing he says is, not pity me, not, oh, I'm in pain, not, oh, I'm doing horrible, not, oh, pity me, I'm never going to see out of my left eye again. It was, I'm praising God. And that really struck me. And I said, Mo, you're praising God right now? And he said, yep, I sure am. There's a lot of people out there who can't use either one of their eyes. There's a lot of people out there in wheelchairs. There's a lot of people fighting terminal illness. Wow. How many of us can honestly say in that situation that we would have been as positive and praising God through that type of an incident? I don't know that I could. And I'll just, again, being transparent, that's one of the reasons I picked this as a topic to, to study with you this morning is I don't always praise God through those difficult times. But that story of my friend Mo will stick with me probably for the rest of my life because I just couldn't believe that the first words out of his mouth were, I'm praising God. So what I want to look at this morning for just a few minutes is take a look at how do we get to that point? What are some things that we can do in the tough times, in the difficult times, in the times of sorrow, in the times of pain? What are some things that we can do as Christians to, to remember to always be praising God regardless of the situation? And the first point I want to look at is trusting him. If you have your Bibles or you can just look at the screen, Isaiah 41, verses 9 and 10. And we learn that I've called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, You are my servant, for I have chosen you, and I will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. So Isaiah teaches us in this passage that God won't throw us away. God's not going to leave us. Even in the tough times when we feel like he's not there or we feel like maybe he's not listening, he is. That's what the Bible teaches us over and over again, that God is a big God, right? He's a huge God. He's bigger than our problems and that we can trust in him and we know that he's always going to be there for us no matter what. He's powerful, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and he doesn't always answer us in our time, but he's always there for us, and the Bible teaches us that he will never leave us. So during those difficult times, when we're praying and we just feel like maybe we're not getting the answers that we need or the answers that we want, God is always there for us, always. The next point I want to look at is remembering all of the things that he's done for us. If you want to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. So Paul reminds us that, uh, and, and if you remember the story of Paul, a lot of what Paul wrote was during what times that he was in prison, right? Talk about somebody who had every right to feel neglected, to feel forgotten about. He felt like he was doing everything for God and maybe he wasn't getting it in return, but he reminds us as he's writing from prison that no matter what, remember what Christ has done for us. 
what an amazing, amazing gift that we've been given, right? And I know the holidays are right around the corner and we start thinking about Christmas and things like that, but what an amazing gift that we've been giving that we didn't deserve, right? God sent his son to die for you and for me, and we didn't deserve that, right? He sent his son to die for a world where, what, 60% of the world doesn't even believe in him, but yet he was willing to make that sacrifice. So when times get tough, we need to remember the gifts that we've been given and all the things that he's done for us. And that's another great way during those tough times of remembering to praise him, remembering that he's there for us, remembering these amazing things that he's done for us. And we praise him for everything that he's done. The next thing I want to look at is being thankful. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I underlined in the PowerPoint, in. Okay, and I'm going to read that again. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say for all circumstances, right? Because we're not always going to be thankful for the circumstance itself, but the Bible teaches us we need to be thankful in all circumstances. And man, that's hard to do. When we see people that we love hurting, it is so hard to be thankful in that circumstance. We're not thankful for the circumstance. We're not thankful someone got cancer, right? We're not thankful someone was injured. We're not thankful that someone lost a job, but we need to be thankful in all circumstances. I mean, we could do a whole lesson just based on that one scripture alone, is remembering to be thankful in all of our circumstances. The next thing I want to think about is spending time in prayer. And if you will turn to Ephesians 1, verses 18 and 19, I keep asking that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So again, just an example of spending time in prayer. And it's so, so important that we spend time in prayer. And hopefully we're doing it all, almost all day, every day, is spending time with God. He wants to have a relationship with us, right? He's our Father, and He wants to have a relationship with us. What an amazing concept that we have the power of prayer, right? Sometimes that concept of prayer is almost overwhelming to me because we can talk to God. How amazing is that? We can talk to Him. We can tell Him what's bothering us. We can give our cares to Him, right? Give it to God. Let him take it over, right? Because he's way bigger than us. He's way more powerful than us. Give those things to God in prayer. And he teaches us that if we will do that, if we'll give it to him in prayer, that he will help to ease our burdens. And again, the tricky thing about prayer is we don't always get the answers that we're looking for, right? Because we, we have in our mind what we want God to answer, right? We have a specific request. God, I need you to take this hurt away. God, I need you to heal this person. But unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way, right? Because that's not God's plan. That's our plan. Sometimes we even pray selfish prayers, right? When our loved ones, maybe it's, it's come to the end of their life or their last season of life, and we pray that God will heal them, right? Maybe that's not God's plan. Maybe they've suffered enough. Maybe it's their time. We need to pray not prayers for us, for selfish prayers. We need to pray prayers for God's plan, for God's understanding, for God's care, his love, his wisdom. But what an amazing concept that we have the power of prayer. And nobody can take that away from us, right? So we need to make sure that we're spending time in prayer. Um, especially when the times get tough. 
especially. Um, the next thing I want to look at is praising God through song. Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor with thanksgiving in Psalms 69, verse 30. And a lot of the songs that we sing in church and the hymns are prayers, right? It's basically singing a prayer. If you really read some of the songs that we sing, aren't they really just a prayer? I mean, really, if you, if you look at it, they're just a prayer, or they're another form of praising God. And if you think about it, when we're singing in the morning, when Jarek's leading us in singing, are you really thinking about a whole lot else at that point? No, hopefully you're thinking about the words that you're saying, you're, you're praising God, you're lifting up your voice to God, right? And you're not thinking about all the, the cares and the troubles and the other things that hopefully we're able to leave outside for a couple hours on Sunday morning as we come in here to give God the praise that he deserves. But song is another great way for us to lift it up to God, right? To give it to God. It's just another way of basically praying to God. So the next thing I want to look at is spending time in the Word. And if you turn to Hebrews chapter 15, or excuse me, chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, the high priest of our understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, we'll receive, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. What a powerful scripture that is. We could pick that scripture apart for about an hour and talk about all the different layers that we have in this scripture about spending time in the word, okay? Because it reminds us that Christ faced all the same things that we do, right? Christ came to earth, he walked as a man, and he faced all the same trials and tribulations that we faced, and he was able to remain without sin. Now, obviously we are not perfect, we are not going to walk without sin as Christ did, but that's the model that we should be going for, right? We should be living our life as Christ did. We should be facing our trials and tribulations, but still keeping our eyes on God and being able to focus on the things that he would have us to do. So it reminds us that Christ walked as a man. It also says that we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So we'll find grace and mercy when we need it the most. What a comforting verse that is, right? That reminds us that if we do what we need to do, that we should be doing, if we do God's will for us, that he's going to have grace and mercy for us. Also, if we're spending time in the word, we're learning about God, we're being reminded of the things that he's done for us, we're being reminded of the things that lay before us someday when we make it to heaven to see his face, that's how we do that is by reading the scriptures. Right? That's where we learn our path. That's how we learn the things he would have us to do. So during those difficult times, we need to spend time in the Word. You can find an example in the Bible for pretty much any problem that you're facing. Isn't that amazing? God knew, right? Because these are inspired words. And these are inspired words that were written thousands of years ago. But yet, we can still find examples to help us get through the trials and tribulations that we face today in the Bible. How did he know? How did he know that we would face those things? Because again, he's omniscient. He knows everything. He knew that someday we would face those trials and tribulations and that we needed to have that roadmap or that guide to help us get through the difficult times. The other thing is, is when you're in despair and when you're in, you're hurting, okay, and your heart is heavy and you need to find a way out, spending time in the Word, what does it do? It replaces. It replaces those negative thoughts, right? It repl you're spending time dwelling on, oh, 
Things are so hard. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to take this test? What am I going to do about my job? We're spending time in the Word. We're replacing those thoughts. I think of the water pitcher, right? You guys have all seen the analogy of the water pitcher. The water pitcher only holds so much water, right? And what happens when you keep dumping water in there? It starts to overflow. So if we're filling up our pitcher with God's Word and the inspired Word and doing the things that we need to be doing, it's going to push out those negative thoughts. It's going to push out those bad thoughts. It's going to give us strength. It's going to give us courage. It's going to give us what we need to keep moving forward despite our circumstances. The next one is a tough one. Forgiveness. Forgive. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. So this goes back to Christ on the cross, right? When Christ was on the cross, what did he do? He asked for forgiveness for the people who had put him on the cross, right? We're not going to get put on a cross, not physically, okay? So if he can forgive the people that put him on the cross after everything that he had been through, when he was exhausted, when he had been beaten, when he was bleeding, and he asked for forgiveness, right? So if we forgive the people that have hurt us, if we forgive the people that have done wrong to us, it helps with the healing process, and it's another form of praising God because what a powerful example of what he expects of us, right? We're not supposed to take that hate with us. We're not supposed to take the anger with us. We're not supposed to take the hard feelings with us. We need to give it to God, and we need to let it go. And that's a difficult concept, right? Because that's not human nature. When somebody hurts me, what do I want to do? I want to hurt them back, right? Or I want to vent about it. I want to yell about it. I want to get upset about it. But that's not what God teaches us to do. He teaches us to forgive and to move on, to give it to God. And all of these points are interconnected. How do we forgive? Give it to God, right? Sometimes we can't pray for people, right? Because I just can't. I can't pray for that person. But you know what? We can give it to God, and he can pray for them. We can use the Holy Spirit, right? Because we can't always pray for people, but the Bible, what does the Bible teach us? Pray for your enemies, right? That's not easy to do sometimes. People who have wronged us, people who have hurt us, it's not easy to pray for those people. But the Bible teaches us that we should, and the Bible gives us a very powerful example of forgiveness. And what an amazing concept that is. Can you imagine if you let everybody who hurt you, if you let everybody who did wrong to you, if you just let it all go? Right? What a freeing experience that would be. You guys all know what it's like when you reconcile with someone, right? Maybe someone that you've been fighting with, maybe a parent or a family or a loved one or a spouse or whatever the case may be, that amazing feeling when you finally get it figured out, okay, and you get it out of your system, that's exactly what we need to do. We forgive and we move on. You get it out of your system. You give it to God and you move on. But that's part of praising God through the storm is being able to forgive. We're not always going to forget. I wish it were that simple. We're not always going to forget, but we need to forgive and we need to move forward. Okay, so the last thing that I, that I want to leave you with is we've talked about all the different aspects, right? All the different things that we can do to help to praise God through the storms of life. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about songs. We've talked about spending time in the Word. We've talked about forgiving those who have hurt us, and we've talked about all these different things. But this is probably the most important verse that I want to leave you with, and it's in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God does all things for good 
And sometimes it's easy to lose track of that, right? When we're hurting and when we're sad and when we're upset, it's easy to lose track of the fact that God does everything for good. God has no ill will towards us, right? We are God's children, okay? And those of you who are parents, you don't have any ill will towards your kids ever, no matter what, no matter how dumb they are, or how, I shouldn't say how dumb they are, how dumb what they do may be, (laughs) that's what I meant to say. No matter how dumb things that they may do, no matter what they may do to make you angry, to make you upset, you still want what is best for them, no matter what. It's the same thing with God. He only wants what's best for us, okay? He only wants what's good for us. Never wants us to suffer. Yes, we do suffer. Never wants us to be sick or injured. We get sick and injured, but what we have to remember is the bottom line is God does everything for our good, and we need to remember that when the times get tough. Um, If you would, please go to the Lord with me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for everything that you've done. We thank you so much for everything that you've blessed us with. We know that we are definitely blessed beyond what we deserve, and we know that we are going to struggle at times, and we know that we are going to go through hard times. We know that there's going to be illness and sickness and hurt and people losing jobs and issues with family and issues with children and issues with money and all the things that we deal with on a daily basis. What we're asking you to help us with today, Lord, is we're asking you to help us learn to continue to praise you when those things happen, to continue to praise you when times get tough, to just always be looking to you for guidance, for support, and for love. And most of all, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross. We know that that great sacrifice was made again out of your love for us, not because we were deserving. And we know that without that, we would not have the chance for everlasting life. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we close this morning... As we always do here at the, at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, we are here to serve, and we want to give you the invitation. If, you, if we can do anything for you, maybe you have not been praising God through the storm. Maybe you've been getting upset with God. Maybe you've been harboring ill feelings. Or maybe you just need help in this area, like I do. And again, that's why I chose this sermon this morning, is because this is an area that I need to work on. You have an opportunity in just a moment when we stand together and sing, you have an opportunity to come forward. The elders are here. They're willing to help. They are more than happy to pray for you. We as a church can pray for you as well. But maybe this is an area that you struggle with, or maybe you have other areas that you're struggling with or that we can help you with. That's what we're here for as a church family. We're here to serve. We're here to help you